Right. Oh, my. Well, my dad was like, I started my business at 23. You can do this. I was like, oh, different times, different times. Oh, my God. I was like, Dad, you had a clothing uh, store. You go, you had a couple of people walk in the door. And I say, know, hey, and his hours bar? were oh, 11 God, to 10 p.m. He went out to the bars and slept in. The, I'm like, Dad, you don't understand. I know, his life, I think it was his open was, he opened at 10, yeah. at 7. I was like, I, was like, I, gotta, well, I have to go to bed at 8 and wake up at 4. When but, we were living in Andover, I was waking up at 3.30 right. to get all the way over here. Welcome to Beverly Talks, the podcast about neighbors talking to neighbors. How well do you know your neighbor, Lucia? Uh, I don't know all my neighbors, but I do know a couple. Well, I don't think it's a big expectation people have of one another when you move somewhere. that You have to get to know your neighbor. That's true. You can be hiding in your house forever, watching your TV, and just Instagramming <laughs> your Isolated. world. Isolated, yeah. So what would Mr. Rogers say, Allison? Oh. <laughs> That we should be building community by getting to know our neighbors. Well, <laughs> it's a good thing that that's what we're here to do. Hello, you are listening to Barely Talks, that podcast about neighbors talking to neighbors. This is Lucia, and I'm sitting here next to Michael and Allison. In this episode, you're going to get to know two fun, energetic, young entrepreneurs. Kevin and Lindsay, the owners of What's Brewing Cafe. For those who don't know where that cafe is, it's located in Cabot Street in downtown Beverly. Um, Michael and I interview Kevin and Lindsay at their coffee shop on a Sunday afternoon back in May of this year, 2019. Uh, right before the interview, Kevin and Lindsay closed the shop and left the music on. So you will hear some music in the background while some of the team members finish up cleaning the shop. Just a heads up for everyone that has never been to What's Brewing Cafe. If you ever go, um, Kevin and Lindsay will welcome you. And you can just enter with a smile because uh, they're just very nice. Very nice hosts. They're also an item. They're <laughs> dating. Mm, I didn't know Going term. steady. <laughs> an item. Yeah. They're engaged. Engaged. Yes. Right, so it's pretty serious. It is pretty serious. Yeah. And they are both former camp counselors. Very energetic, very happy. Oh, yes. We got them right in the end of their work shift, so they were like hopped up on coffee. And <laughs> <laughs> well, or they probably like that the whole time because they're I think so they're pretty much like that. Yeah, they're they're high energy people. Yeah, they, we should have a warning for this episode that says, "Drink a cup of coffee, sit down," because like, they talk and think so fast, and they are funny and smart. And I was like, oh, it's hard to follow, but um. And they don't finish sentences sometimes, yes. but they know exactly what each other is talking about. Yeah, it's Aww. beautiful. Yeah, cool. it's cool. Um, Before we go ahead with the first clip, here's what you will be learning in this episode. Uh, you will get a sense of who Kevin and Lindsay are, how they decided to start their own business instead of going to school. Um, and the most interesting part to me is how they grew up exposed to different cultures and yet they share similar values and aspirations so stay to the end so you understand how those values are the glue and fuel i like those terms the glue and fuel for this amazing couple okay but we'll start huh? i'm excited <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i can't believe i'm excited too and though i've listened to this a lot it's just they're just fun let's listen to them and we're gonna start with this first clip and there are a lot of 
talk about eggs. <laughs> about what? Eggs. Eggs. Oh. <laughs> I was in looking fact, at your notebook and I was like, does that say eggs? Yeah. <laughs> the the first fact clip. are surprisingly strongly in their life right now. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I why. love it. I guess yeah. they make breakfast sandwiches. Shh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How many, we, what was it? What did you say? How many did we go through eggs a week? It was, let's see, a dozen times five, thirty, four. Yeah, we go through 75, 75 dozen eggs a week. Seventy-five dozen eggs a week. So I can't even do that math. Do seventy-five. Eight times twelve, 12 is so, one hundred eight or ninety-six. About a thousand eggs. About a thousand eggs a week. <laughs> about a thousand eggs a week. So that could be a thousand oh breakfast God. sandwiches. Yeah. So we have seven days a week. So that's. Over 100 egg sandwiches at least, and then we obviously have our spreads and all that stuff. Right, that's too, not but, just it, right. But that's like the biggest compliment I think we could honestly get from all our, you know, customers, even our employees that we've brought in from a customer basis. And then when we bring them into an employee, they go, wow, this is what espresso tastes like. This is what the, wow, this egg, this sandwich, that's what breakfast is supposed to taste like. You know, I well, actually never ate egg sandwiches. I never <laughs> ate egg sandwiches from Dunkin' Donuts, any other place. I would always get bagels with butter or cream cheese or just bacon and cheese so, because of the egg. Because it was not real. And I didn't like eggs until I got older and matured my taste buds. But with that said, I never liked the sandwiches anyways. And finally until here, I just now love my eggs. <laughs> Even on a sandwich, I love it. It's nothing, right. nothing and pre-made. That's the thing too. We talked to a lot of uh, you know, other small business owners or small uh, fr or friends that are in the dining business or breakfast business. And whenever they talk, we talk about our kind of model. We, oh, you know, our lattes and coffee, that's our, you know, big kind of seller. But for breakfast, we say we're pretty quick. You know, we have conventional microwaves. We don't have any grills, griddles, or anything back there. So they're like, how do you make that so fast? I go, it's a dang expensive microwave. You know, I'm like, the usual Walmart microwave, 50 bucks here, tops, maybe 100. No, there's a difference Those, between yeah, conventional I guess the conven yeah, and your regular house. Microwave, it costs around like six, 700 bucks for just a microwave. So essentially it does what the output of an oven would do, but in half a fraction wow. of the time. I would never have guessed it. Look, yeah, right. you're like, yeah, right. exactly, no. you never think that. So you can do it at home. Right, yeah, people ask <laughs> us. I mean, exactly. Right. You really can. People always ask us. I always say it's like mom's home cooking, though. You know, it's just oh, the same person's making that sandwich or the same familiar face. Like you said, you can walk through the door, kick back, be like, oh, my usual, or oh yeah, I'm gonna get that today, or can I change something up? Versus you walk through the door of the same spot you go to four or five days a week, and it's the same response. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it? Versus we changing it up, or how'd you like the suggestion from yesterday when we threw that extra cheese in there, or we asked you, oh. Uh, today, great weekend example. Uh, this past weekend, we didn't have any peanut butter flavor for our syrup. That's the Reese's peanut butter cup latte we can't make. Peanut, peanut butter, butter banana, caramel, peanut butter caramel. Uh, it's huge. It's been very popular the past couple days. That's why we ran out. Um, but that being said, it opens up an opportunity for all our other customers to try new flavors, new things. Yes. And for us, it's really Lindsay and I, and we tell all our other employees, and we don't like to use the word employees, our team members. You know, we're we're a big family back here. Um, so we asked everyone just to say, hey, like, well, if it, we're not here, Kevin or Lindsay's not here, just try to still try to be us, guys. Like, all of a sudden, someone, oh, can I get actually a little bit more caramel in that coffee? It's not just right, you know, obviously, I have my moments, so I'm like, oh, sometimes I got, I'm like, don't take it so personally, Kevin. Just like, instantly, you just draw your face, and like, oh, what was my facial expression when that person just asked me that question? I hope I was still smiling. But there's certain times where you I'm just go, guess you were. Exactly, exactly, I'm going to guess I was too. But going off of that too, Michael, everyone always asks us, like, 
the customer just, how are you this friendly all the time? And they, and I they promise you that. no. I promise and, you and no. We, we tell everybody. Actually, we, most of our employees were customers prior to, and they finally got to know a little bit more of us. Size, size yeah, that we're not always so oh, thinking about. You guys are normal. You guys get mad. You guys fight and bicker too. Like, oh, I'm a yes guy. Oh, yes. And it's usually between Lindsay and I, you know, it's. We've known each other since we We only kids. bicker because yeah. we love it so much. That's exactly. what I say. We never bring some yeah, Yeah, I love it. I yeah, that's oh, yeah, awesome. great. You get sucked into their yeah, like energy the really quickly. Ooh, the yeah. whole time, like listening to them talk. Yes, yes, it is. It's, it's almost relaxing in a way. You are listening to Barely Talks, the podcast about neighbors talking to neighbors. In the previous clip, we listened to Kevin and Lindsay, the owners of What's Brewing Cafe. Um, Kevin and Lindsay talked about how their customers and employees know them for offering a very personal service. He does know every single person's name, like everyone that comes in there. Like he knows my name and knows exactly what my order is. Yeah, and, he and does. Most of the people that come through there, he knows something about them, what yeah. their name is and what their order is. How do you call that skill? It's amazing. Good memory, <laughs> good customer service, who knows? <laughs> yeah, well, he. yeah, I thought he was... They're cool, yeah. Yeah, and overwhelmingly, it's um, the customer base, I think, is college students. Yeah. It seems like the most people that go in there, and people that work and live locally, I think. Yeah. But college students from all around. Yeah. Most of them Salem State. Like, they go past Bagel World to get to this place. <laughs> they cross the bridge. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. They do have a lot of syrups, right? I see. Oh, them. yeah. Lots yeah. of flavors. Yeah. Me and Allison, when we were in college, used to work at Gloria Jean's Coffee Ooh, in the mall. Oh, I like that. And all the younger college students would order those types of drinks. Yeah. Like the frozen lattes with whipped cream G. and G. chocolate. Chiller. and yeah, The G.J. Chiller. You remember it? <laughs> <laughs> Coco Loco Mocha. I think it was one of them. Okay. Um, I think, yeah. The, the next clip, the one where he talked about how he got into this business, it's super cool. Mm. I love it because um, it's not usual like I guess you know people think like if you have the chance to go to college you go to college and I like that he thought it through he, he definitely understood that well I don't want to give it away but mm -hmm. you know making a decision to strike out and start your own business comes with a set of risks yeah and he definitely thought about it and has a lot of um, good support from his parents too yeah yeah But Agreed. it's interesting to see the way that they came to this decision. Yeah, yeah. Well, this one's right. I, I love it. I was showing up for business because um, I was actually, um, Lindsay and I were long distance. She was living in Connecticut. I was living in Matt. Actually, I was living in Kittery. And I was, I had my contract with my, um, I was working HR at a summer camp program in New Hampshire. My contract wasn't going to be up until August. Um, and I'm a big committal guy. Like, hey, I, my, I gave him my word, so I'm sticking until uh, August. And then it was right around March or February or March of that year. Um, I was applying to law school, everything, and I was that was my transition for that September. And I got in. I was gonna got into Suffolk and Northeastern, so I was like, okay, I'll stick in, stick around Boston. I'm a I'm a Boston boy. So and my brother was in law school, so this was actually kind of the this is how this kind of came about. My brother just graduated from BC. And he was like, he was going right to his master's in law tax, his LLM or something. So I'm like, okay, whatever, hot shot. But we sat down. My uh, my father's a, a small business owner, entrepreneur. So he kind of talked to me. I talked to my brother. And then we all kind of just talked together. They're like, before you commit, you know, all that debt and all that education and whatever you want to do, Kevin, do, are you sure you want to go that route? And 
honestly, I was kind of like, actually, I don't know. It's kind of one of those, I studied history and political science in undergrad. It was kind of more like, if I'm not going to be a professor or a teacher, I'm like, which track do I go? So it was more like, well, chase the money kind of thing. I'm like, well, lawyers make big money. I, you know, I'm, I'm smart enough. Like, hey, smart enough for them to accept me, right? So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go. And then it just kind of something, something happened. And then my dad gave me a nudge and was like, hey, I got a broke. Talk to this. And, and then so we came to here and... Kevin's, <laughs> Kevin's personality is made for this business. Probably more than anybody yeah. we've ever met. Right. Yeah. Well, I said if I was going to be a lawyer, I was going to do like either pro bono or, you know, just be, so be in the court. I want to give back. So, so I'm like, like, wait, so you're going to be a lawyer, then you're going to be at the 50,000K lawyer, and I'm going to be like 200. I'm like, yeah, I just want to give back to you, know, you know, fight for the people that can't fight. Um, so he's like, okay, Kev, you, know, you really want to do that, go that route. But because I've been a small business owner for 30 years. I, you know, all three of my kids. All went to college, all graduated, and now they're out of the house. You know, it's, he goes, it's tough. He goes, tough work. You know, you got to put your head down. You know, he worked 100 hour weeks. You know, it was always, as a kid growing up, people used to always say, uh, come over the house and they see family photos and then they're like, who's that guy? And I'd say, oh, that's my dad. And they go, because they never saw him. Um, so he was the absentee dad, but that's because he put his head down. But that was the, you know, that's that generation. He's in his 50s and 60s. That's that old school mentality. You, you put your head down, be that breadwinner. For your family. But yeah. whereas Lindsay and I, um, you know, we wanted to have uh, a small business of our own. So let's put our head down. We just listened from Kevin and Lindsay how they decided to become small business owners instead of going to school, which, and become, well, for Kevin and becoming a lawyer. Um, we thought that was an interesting story. Probably a lot of young adults have to, you know, it's a hard choice to get into debt. So we thought that was an important topic, um, how Kevin chose not to go to school, not to get into debt, um, and just become a business owner. And they also talked about how they got the, uh, how Kevin and Lindsay bought What's Brewing Cafe in 2016. Um, but the shop had been on since 2007. So, Michael, you have been a What's Brewing Cafe frequent customer for years. So, what can you say about the changes? Did anything change when Kevin and Lindsay took over in 2016? Same coffee shop. The only thing that they did also like it needed to be cleaned and kind of refreshed a little bit and they did a really good job with mm. that mm. they kind of you know made the counter area a little bit more efficient not as crowded it wasn't as dirty yeah so they yeah. did little improvements but basically restored the you know the place to where the customers were used to it yeah how did they meet they did talk, they did about, talk about that toward the end Yeah, they were both camp counselors, or they both went to the same camp, and then they were both camp counselors at the same place, and, um, and then would go somewhere else, not during the summer. Yeah, so and they then, were long. So there was one, I think, at the end when when he, they were going to buy the store, they were long distance because right. he was working some. So eventually, after all these summers, that they will find each other again eventually they start dating for real and but they had to be long distance after the summer ended because she lived somewhere else and that was one of the reasons i think that you know was one of the deciding factors in buying the business yeah interestingly there's a moment where they talk about how they they're very similar in terms of values and beliefs but they're very different culturally but then they are kind of aligned in what they care about and how how to be 
also behavior very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they just like sound like they have a similar energy. They are the same. Kind of yeah, they're both like on it. I would love it. to have either one of them as my camp counselor. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they seem like so much fun. So much fun, yeah. Uh, so, well, before the interview, like I thought I would do some research on them. And it's so hard to find inform- information sometimes on people. But I did find him on LinkedIn and he said he was bilingual. So then I asked him about that. And he said um, that he can speak Korean too. Retard 18. Yeah. That was I, it. I read that you're bilingual, so you can speak. Yeah, I, I speak. Yeah, I speak Korean a little bit. I, I like to talk. My brother and sister are way better at it because that was actually the thing. Informally. In sa- but yeah, my, I always go. I'm you like, do understand. I'm like it very I can understand it all, but speak. You know. Yeah, I guess for me, I, I never. Oh, it's amazing. Right. I never. Really what I've just learned. Oh, yeah, oh it's amazing. I never. Thought, I love it. I never thought. I wish I was it. more. I wish my parents was like you know my my grandmother knows Hungarian. I wish somebody teach me Hungarian. You know like. Yeah, I, I never. Thought anything of it because the way my parents raised us, uh, we learned uh, we spoke Korean in the household only until preschool. So my sister yeah, was the first. Yeah, his sister was the guinea pig. She was the first one to, to, to kindergarten, English, knowing not knowing English. All by herself. <laughs> you know, she had, she knew the little Poor English girl. from like going to Marshalls and stores with my market basket and stuff like that with my mom. She acts like a mom to these um, boys, yeah. But she was always the first to do everything. So she might, you know, college applications or you know, FAFSAs, all that. Stephanie, you I ask do it her all, for advice all, sometimes because she does. So yeah. The way my parent, the way my dad said it was, he lost his uh, Korean a little bit because he was born in Korea but moved here when he was six. Um, so growing up in America, he grew up in Fitchburg, Lemonster area, so he lost a little bit of his Korean. And my uncle actually was in the Air Force and totally lost his Korean. And then he married a Korean, uh, his wife's Korean, my aunt Haja. And he, now his Korean's really good too. And he works at a Korean English, uh, he's a minister now, he's retired from the Air Force. So his Korean's a lot better. And then my dad, I remember as a kid growing up, I'm like, yeah, my dad, my dad, all my dad's Korean friends, he was the one that got made fun of that. He was like me, like, Tommy, you suck at Korean. Like, you can't speak it, man. But he had a, a urban clothing store in Boston for thir- uh, 25 years, right on Washington Street in downtown Boston. And for the past 10 years, he had a Korean restaurant. Owning a Korean restaurant, I think he's got to brush up on Korean a little bit. Because now I, I, I see him talking, I'm like, oh. You can actually suck Korean. I like because I remember as a kid, I'm like, Dad, your Korean's just as broken as mine. But that's because I only go to Korean school every other day. Like you, <laughs> I go, I go, because I, I I was a kid that just played. I played three or four sports as a kid growing up. So Korean school was always Saturdays, nine nine a.m. to twelve thirty, and I'm like. My mom, that's usually like soccer games are there, baseball games are there. Like every yeah, every game you were was a lot more active. So yeah. I remember when my brother and sister graduated to the Korean schools and all got their little badges and everything, and they're like. Yeah, Kevin, you you got through like level like three, and there's like there's like ten <laughs> levels. And you got through level three, but we'll we'll call it a day. But it's hilarious though, because I think like my parents, I, I don't know about being the youngest kid and being the youngest one or not. My parents literally thought I think I think they were I was a dummy and stuff. Like was, oh like I got like C's and D, and they always like needs for improvement because I talked a lot, as you can tell. You were the baby. You were probably spoiled. Um, That's probably, probably what it is. More spoiled, but essentially I, my grades weren't all too that good or anything. So my parents, even up into high school, they're like. You know, if you can just get into like UMass Amherst, the state, that'd be great, Kevin. Great, like go for the state school, shoot for that. And then literally high school rolls, or senior year rolls around and I'm getting on all these schools and stuff and they go, how did you, like, you're smart, you know all this stuff. And that <laughs> oh same God. thing translated to me with Korean. Like, cause I never went to Korean school. Like my grandparents, when they talk to me nowadays, uh, actually saw my grandpa face to face. Only I haven't seen, I didn't get to see him face to face in over 10 years. Cause he moved back, he lived here for 40 years then moved back to Korea. And for health reasons, he hasn't able to travel. So only FaceTime and Skype and messaging is the only But they were just here in March? They were just here uh, February, January, February, and it was yeah. great to see them. Well, the first thing he said was, oh, Kevin, your Korean's really good. Because they, like, I swear to God, everyone just thinks of me like, and this is how you know how much of an American kid it's they the view me as. It's the baby syndrome. So My parents have, do the same Korean thing. We all have Korean names. So my legal name's Kevin, but I have a Korean name too. Everyone in my family calls my brother and sister by their Korean name. 
but when they come to me, they just go, Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> I'm Kevin. Or just, or, you know, with the accent, it's a B. So they just go, Kevin. I go, literally to this day, I go, I was that, uh, that was the thing, though. My mom said, you loved pizza. You loved chicken fingers as a kid. We grew up Korean, eating Korean food. You loved the pizzas. And she goes, that was just you. And I'm like, I guess I was just a kid that got super Americanized. But literally, I'm like, you know what? I lived up you to what? You were the last one. Yeah, that I think that's sense. what it was. Last one. And, it makes but sense. definitely being that bilingual character definitely helps me out. I think maybe that's that's how I am a good judge of character. I can just see body language more. Well, I'm like, I just think you're so much. It's and, accepting. And I honestly, I because because you do biggest, come from a different I do culture. Try to take, honestly, I'm not saying it's. I don't know if it's. A, you can delete this or not. Like, but yeah. I try to take care of my minor, minority customers a little bit more, being a minority. So if I see uh, another gentleman that might be Hispanic or Latino, or you know, just not not Anglo-Saxon. I, I will cater to them, especially if I hear an accent and one of my uh, Brian's out front, and naturally he's not trying to be rude at all. But I know the kind of like, oh, what are you saying? Like, what? And I and I know exactly what they're ordering. But I'm like, well, my mom's that way. My mom has broken English. I like my mother so is broken. My grandmother. So I have that sense of, I think, empathy. Like it's okay. Like I know you've lived. My mom's been here for 40, 30, 30 years, and, and her English still, is still, yeah. you know, broken. I can't conversate with her. Very and to well. the point where that's actually why she drinks coffee black. She doesn't want to deal with it. Yes, you know? yes. It's a very difficult ago, world. It's a very to, difficult world. She used to go to Dunkin' Donuts. Can I get, uh, in the drive-thru, my dad told me, she used to go, can I get a medium coffee, cream only? And every time she pulled up to the door, they gave her a Boston cream donut. So from that day on, she just... So medium I, black. Medium black. <laughs> and those are those things I go, I don't want my, you know, I, I kind of like take that in the back of my head. I go, a customer that says, oh, medium coffee, and then, you know, they mumble it off, and you're like, oh, they have an accent, but I can't hear it. I'm like, oh, and then I, like, make it wrong, and they sip it, they give me that look. I'm like, tell, like, tell me what you want. Like, I want to help you out, and then I try to really get them to, like, it's okay. If your English isn't perfect, it's okay. My Korean isn't perfect, and I'm 100% Korean, all right? It's all good. It's all good. You never know where he's going to end up when he starts the story, but it always comes through in the end, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it, that, that was really striking to me when he said that too because like I'm sure a bunch of people have been in another country and just having like a run-of-the-mill normal interaction with somebody makes you feel really good yeah like, oh, I'm like yeah. you know, I belong or I'm accepted or yeah you know you don't always have to have a conversation about your differences I guess I didn't think about those like small concessions that you make even if it's like okay I'm not ordering the coffee that I want you're not saying what you want you're saying whatever you can think they will understand right that's gotta add up Mm -hmm. like you know throughout the course of 40 years yeah or just your day you know what I mean like if you're going first thing in the morning to get your coffee and that first interaction you're already making a concession yeah Yeah. especially if you're going through other more important stuff and yeah. you know you don't want to have to yeah get your coffee made wrong and yeah. all these other little things are going <laughs> oh wrong gosh. like that ruins my day yeah yeah she there was and he in the original interview he talks a lot about that like how not only like the well he doesn't have the language problem because he speaks perfect english of course but um like he he faces the stereotypes all the time and yeah. well more Oh yeah, I guess all his life, and um, but he's so positive he doesn't let it rub rub mm-hmm. him the wrong way. But yeah. and now that Lindsay is with him, like she's she has experienced like a little bit of like people treating him differently. I mean, they don't, they didn't talk a lot about it, but they did mention like one incident. So yeah, it's interesting. It's um, almost like we sort of 
surprise them with the question like they hadn't yeah. really thought about it so much i think because they look at everything so positively and they give everybody the benefit of the doubt yeah. You know? yeah 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 yeah. they just i don't think that they look at the negative side of things too often yeah they even talked about um when there's a, like a customer that is a little like mean or rude like they have this phrase do you remember kill it with kill it with kindness mm-hmm. oh, really yeah. say that. Mm-hmm. so so if someone is a little mean they just say something really kind and then the person will like turns over like you know <laughs> how could you be mean to either one of them oh, <laughs> so like hi welcome <laughs> they're yeah yeah so so nice that's so yeah yeah like, what a good way to start your morning if you're like it's going, to go there you know right? I mean? that's like, why i think it's, it's like packed the, it's always packed pop- yeah. he makes the coffee when he sees me walking in like he knows exactly what it is that i want yeah. that's amazing yeah you are listening to Verily Talks, Neighbors Talking to Neighbors. This is Lucia, and I'm here with Michael and Allison. In the next clip, Michael asks Kevin and Lindsay what would they want to tell their future kids. The thought of kids made them think of the future, so they ended up talking more about their future plans instead of what they would tell their kids. Good old the thing I was going to ask you, which you sort of almost answered, was because like, this is a recording that we're going to have um, stored in the library. Right. I love so it's it. going to be around forever. I love like, that. You guys end up having kids and they come ah! listen to this. Like, what do you want them <laughs> oh to Oh my listen? God. Like, what do you want them to do? And, that, and that's honestly exactly like time capsule. I'm getting goosebumps just hearing that stuff. Yeah, because, cause that's you're right. awesome. Because you're right. Because Lindsay and I, you know, well, you we met each other right at nine, you know, we met each other at 19, you know, thinking it would just be a summer fling, not no, not knowing what it, what or what where we would be, you know, what we would end up. And hell, like I said, I thought I was going to be a lawyer, law school by now. And, you know, I was like, oh, just. A girl, a girl I met in summer, and then eight years later, it's just like, oh, look at where we are. We're engaged. We're rocking a, a, this awesome baby that we got here that's almost three years old, and we're looking for our number two. <laughs> <laughs> Which is you. <laughs> exactly. Please. <laughs> Mom wants babies. Right. Um, so that, yeah. So definitely this this shop, has, it's it's such a blessing, I think, to have an opportunity to to. to commit to something and to want to commit to something or change something you know you always have a job the last job i was at doing hr that's what i love doing what i did i love to, to look after the guys love which, it was a, it was a summer camp doing. job so yeah. i hired 250 college kids every year but there was a year-round team of 20 people that always got looked up looked over got brushed upon and might oh. i mention that when kevin you think he knows names uh, he memorized all of those 250 kids names where they're from, what school they were going to, and what their major was. <laughs> All of it. But, the, he actually, we went to go visit the camp that summer that he quit before to, I, to yeah, own this. And, and they all went, hey, it's that Kevin guy who hired me. Hey, Kevin, I wanted to meet you so bad. Like, uh, They were actually kind of sad that he wasn't right. there, but that's... That, Kevin leaves a mark everywhere he goes. And I just follow because I love him and he loves me <laughs> right. and we're good and we're a good pair. Well, that's why I'm, that's but my he sister, does leave a that's mark. That's why my, 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 the funny part about the summer camp, my sister got the job first. Yeah, she, she says. Didn't, she didn't come back the next year and my boss still goes, I think it's tough to live under your shadow. Yeah. I go, well, I'm a big guy. She's yeah. only five feet tall. I, a big sh- I cast yeah. a big shadow. Yep. I, guess, uh, I, I had a moment of uh, even here where everybody was mentioning it's Kevin. Kevin. It's, it's always Kevin. Kevin. I'm like, yeah. uh, guys, I'm here just as and much that's as why, he. And, but that's the thing. I'm, <laughs> what I'm, about me? I'm, I'm, 
what is it? You always say like I'm not I'm not empathetic. I'm so, what, what is it? Sympathetic? I can't. I don't, I don't know. The people that I love, the people that I love the most, I like. It's like I have. I'm ruthless. I'm like, no, you. I don't need to coddle you. Like, you, I, you, you get no, it. No, yeah, you Brian. But to yeah. all my other employees, like, I will like coddle them as much as. And yeah. Be like, Lindsay, like, Brian was, went the other day. He goes. Kevin was all so I heard Kevin doing was like under his breath, talking, and I went. Don't worry about that, Brian. It was at me. Don't worry. It wasn't at any of you. It's never at any of you. It's always at me. So and that's like I don't know why I have it, but it's just like I always care so much about. And Lindsay goes, Kevin, like she's always like, I'm like, oh, does this shirt look good like oh we're just going to she goes what do you care what we look like or who what people judge i'm like i don't know i don't i'm just a people pleaser i've always been i've yeah, always been you are. so like hospitality that was like if i was smart enough my dad i think my dad our dream is to have a hotel some hotel bed and breakfast management, Kevin. we would that's love a, that, that was that's a thing. i was thinking thing. about hospitality too before law school so definitely i found i found hospitality in, in the sense of food but my buddy johnny that works at the summer camp he's executive chef and assistant director there uh, we were always joking. Hey, yeah. when we both leave here, bed and breakfast, man. Let's let's do it. He runs the um, chef I run, business. I run everything and, else, yeah. and you run the back house. Yeah, um, I think that's kind of. Right. Not, yeah, we're just we, the way my. I think the way old school entrepreneurs today was all about making the quick buck and really setting yourself up for the future. No, but we want to be say, happy we're too. Ride. We're enjoying the ride. Yeah. We're not. We're not yeah. the, I go. We're not making millions just yet. No. You know, but at the we're same young. Time, we're fine. I said we don't deserve to be making millions. But we haven't done. So that was all in answer to the question of what would you right. tell your children? Right. I know. No, but so well before. So the next clip and the last one, she go, goes back to that yeah. question. But I want them to open a bed and breakfast. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. important. Yeah, hey, I hope they do. I would love for them to welcome people. And like, we got a hotel coming downtown. Maybe yeah, they'll, uh, they're very yeah. They're very so cool. They work that so well together because not they, all like couples. Yeah. They do other things together. Oh, successfully, yeah. They live but they together. Don't, like, they work spend together. 24 yeah. 7 together, it looks like, and they're still yeah. really into each other, That's which awesome. is nice to see. <laughs> yeah, at the end, she um, she has a lot more to say, but I thought it was cute how you, you talk about like your next your next kid, or oh, sorry, your kids, and mm-hmm. then uh, he was thinking, okay, this shop is like a baby. And she was like, I want the real baby. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's so cute. Yeah, he's thinking our number two is going to be a business shop. And she's like, no, mama wants babies. <laughs> <or something." laughs> she did say that. So I thought that was cute. But anyways, okay, so she, she has something to say about what, what <clears throat> their kids should listen to. And also, in this final clip, you will listen how their values and beliefs are really what, what makes this couple unstoppable. Right. I, I think, think I'd like to tell my future kids to get get a get a job early. Well, like get, yeah, get a, no. I mean, I, I I both of us didn't really work in our teenage years. I kind of wish I had. I worked. I worked, I worked as a busboy. Sixteen. I worked in a different way. I was an athlete, and um, I, I played in college, and that's how much effort you have to put in. But I think just to tell any kid is to put all that effort into anything you do, all of your effort that you can, and to work hard and respect people. Uh, my mother has been, because she worked um, for 40, still is for 40 years now with, develop, with people with developmental disabilities, from birth I was taught respect all people. Um, and I just will continue to say that to my kids forever. Respect no, you, all people. All and people honestly, I, I dated all white guys birth. before him. All white guys, and my Look family probably would have never expected to <laughs> hey! me to find this Korean man and love him as much as I have. And I think just because of the respect that they instilled in me, yeah. that and that's and that's I, I never even saw our, Korean. We never. have very. That's the first thing I think. Whenever we fight or anything, get mad. We all we both have the same morals, values, and principles. And we that's say that say. all the when time. When we get mad about certain things, how we interacted with someone else, or how we 
business-wise or even personal-wise, like, oh, I don't like how you did that or said that to you know our friend or this and that. At the end of the day, we know how like how we want to raise our kids, exactly how we want to raise our kids, how we view life is exactly you know how she says view all people the same, you know treat all people the same. That's like me like giving that little extra one up for the minorities, saying hey we're minorities man, we've been kind of getting you know a little push to the corner let's let's try to help you know whether I think despite yeah. how hard it can be to live and work with your significant other that's that's the one thing that has kept us together is our morals and right. our opinions and on the world are very similar and what we expect of each other is very similar what we expect of each other is very similar and then you know just how hard we work is very similar as well right. we're just workhorses yeah, it starts with your parent you know your parents you know my mom was a very different cultures very different cultures so it was a different dynamic but my mom had to raise, you know, she had three kids in three years. Literally. And I was a baby. 90, 91, 92. Yeah. All and three, I was, three kids, three from years. From six weeks old, I was in a daycare. So completely so different, different lifestyles. Yeah, we had different Completely. Different but we're, yeah, yeah it's, but it's, when it comes down and to say, it. The prince, and, the, and, yeah. and that's why we're like, it's, and, you know, when we had moments of like frustration when we first got the shut up, and we're like, I'm leaving you. I'm going back to Connecticut. I'm like, fine, get your, I'd call her to pick her ass up. I don't want her here anymore. And he'd be like, calm down, like, give it a weekend and breathe over it. And like, she'd be like, back packing her bag, you know, we're young. When we got the show, we were 23 years old. I was like, what the oh hell God, were we thinking? So I'm just like, oh my goodness, it what was I? Right. Oh, oh, my, well, my dad was just like, I started my business at 23, you can do this. I was like, oh, different Jesus. times, different times. <laughs> dad, I was like, dad, you had a clothing uh, store. You go, you had a couple of people walk in the door and say, I know, hey, and his hours for, were like, 11 God, to 10 p.m. He went out to the bars and slept in the, I'm like, dad, you don't understand. I know, his life, I think it was his open was, he opened at 10, yeah. at 7. I was like, I was like, I, I have to go to bed at 8 and wake up at 4. When we right. were living in Andover, I was waking up at 3.30 right. to get all the way over here. It was, but then yeah. I think him, uh, but, yes. but understanding, never, I would never do that. Yeah, different. We different, were crazy. Uh, the different walks of life, but understanding that our, everyone's goals are, you know, everyone's goals in life are, yeah, I feel like similar. You know, to be successful, but to obviously have a good life. And Liz yeah. and I said, we don't, you know, we don't have a home They're only 23. I know. Oh my God. Yes. And you can hear me in the background. I would never do that at 23. I would <laughs> do that I, now. What was I doing at 23? I wasn't. We were sitting on a couch. Actually, I don't want to say what games. we were doing. <laughs> oh my God. It's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it is amazing. They're so impressive. I was impressed. Yeah, yeah. working wow. so hard every day, waking like I, you don't expect that from young. Adults. And it'd be easy to say, look, we got a little successful business now. Let's hang up our hats. Or no, they're like, okay, what's next? Yeah. Yes, In they're the like, yeah, machines. They're machines. Out of breakfast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope they do. I hope they. Like at twenty three, we were talking pipe dreams about opening a breakfast shop. Yes. A terrible one. One that nobody would come to. <laughs> right, it would just have couches and we wouldn't, it would basically be our house. <laughs> Eggo waffles. Yeah. Here's your Eggo waffle. Um, well, that was, I, I, I wish we could put more. It was a long interview. Like we talked with them like for an hour and 30 minutes and I encourage everyone to listen to the original one. It's so entertaining because yeah. they talk. Just the way that they talk to each other too is yes. great. I know, I want to go home and like hug my husband. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're like hear so much like, yeah. How much they respect each other and love yes. each other. Mm -hmm. They're so aligned, hardworking, just yeah, a machine of love and work. <laughs> Thank you, Lindsay and Kevin, for talking with us in your you. coffee shop. Um, and I, I went the other day with my kids and ordered like two croissants, one ham and cheese sandwich, a bottle of water, and it was like $9. I thought it was 
good. Yeah, yeah. Compare what you get, you can get a block away. Right. Yeah, I was like, I need to come really here good. more often. I'm like, this is not that expensive compared and to And they use real eggs. <laughs> and they use real eggs. I forgot to order something with eggs. I should have ordered that. Because I, I, like she says, I never order anything with eggs because I assume it's a mixed ready. But yeah. they with, crack like, the eggs. Like a lot of those, like when you go to like Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts, like the, it's like the ingredients is like oh. water, sugar, what, cornstarch, and then know. like egg. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's just some egg. like slot thing that they create, and then they put a fake yellow center in it to make it look like a real oh, egg or something. Oh, yeah. is that like, true? What's the point of that? Yeah. That is crazy. Oh, you should okay. order egg. egg sandwiches from that, and then they will have a thousand and one eggs a week. <laughs> <laughs> <gasps> yeah, that was fun. Awesome. Bye. Go, go, cook an egg. Thanks again to Kevin and Lindsay, the owners of What's Brewing Cafe. If you want to visit the coffee shop, you can go to 188 Cabot Street in downtown Beverly. If you like this episode or want to learn more about the neighbors living around you, please subscribe. We believe everyone is interesting and everyone has good stories to share. If you live or work in Beverly, please reach out to us at www.beverlytalks.com to schedule an interview. Your neighbors want to know about you and what you care about. All unedited interviews will be permanently stored at the public library and your friends and family members will be able to access it anytime online in the future. We encourage family members to request to be interviewed together so that they can preserve their interactions and voices for future generations to enjoy. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the support of the Beverly Cultural Council and Mass Cultural Council. We want to say thanks to Beth Cam for letting us record the commentary of the episodes in their studios. And a special thanks to Robert Dokes, the podcast expert here at Beth Cam. All the music in this podcast was brought to you thanks to freesound.org. More details on the music credits will appear in our website. The intro song that we use in the po- this podcast is called Pistachio Ice Cream Ragtime and was created by pianist Lena Orsa. Thanks for listening. Ciao. Okay. I'm going to now. Beverly talks, Beverly shouts, Beverly <laughs> chats, Beverly whispers. <laughs> is that a song? I don't know. It's mouth words. You're, you're an artist. I'm exhausted. A performer. <laughs> you're a performer. <laughs>